right, I'm so glad you're joining in with us for this special released episode. It's uh, completely unscripted, and it's not just me here. It's me and Robert Markham, our special guest. You want to say hello? No, but hi, y'all. <laughs> uh, Robert's a little nervous. Uh, he said, I don't have a script, and uh, I don't have a script either. In fact, we're actually doing this pretty late. It's uh, almost 11 p.m., and uh, but we wanted to just um, take a time, or at least I did. I, I kind of um, talked him into it. Uh, taking a time to kind of bring before you all, the church, our church, uh, what God is doing at the Empower Conference. This is our first night. Um, we've been going at it pretty strong all day since lunch, and we just got in our hotel room from uh, all the different speakers. And so just off the hip, Robert, um, what's some things that stuck out to you today? All the different ways that I can change how I look at leading the youth just mm-hmm. by the two different classes I've taken today. Yeah, so for y'all unaware of, of the conference, um, really there's uh, breakout sessions um, um, that dig into special things, and we all chose different ones we wanted to go to. And so um, what were your classes? They were um, Next Generation for Young Adults mm-hmm. and College Students and Bringing Word to the Younger Generations of Youth and Under. Yeah, and I love that Robert went to those classes because um, we had this whole list and from, uh, I don't know, maybe 20 uh, or so breakout sessions, and we got to choose two of them, and that was really hard, and, and uh, he really looked at them and said, I'm involved in the youth, that's where I'm serving, and I want to be better equipped in that area, and so he looked at how he can uh, be a part of that next generation and, and, um, and, and working with the youth there. What do you think stood out the most to you? So you said already um, that that you were able to kind of challenge your viewpoint and that almost it, it just expanded. And I love that about these conferences. We do things for so long and we only think of one way to do it. And all of a sudden you come and you hear somebody that, that's done it different and you're like, oh, it makes sense. Why didn't I think, why didn't I think about that? Did you have any of those aha moments today? Yeah, it was something that Todd Sanders, he taught the uh, class about the youth side, not the college. Mm-hmm. He kept reiterating and reiterating and reiterating that as disciple makers, we are supposed to take in those, get them set in their way, release them out so they can start making disciples, yeah. follow up on them. But we can't just stop doing our disciples. We have to keep taking more in and more mm-hmm. in and putting them out and bringing them in, putting them out. Yeah, I, I think that's so true with youth. You, you, youth are a revolving door, and at best, we have them six years from sixth grade to twelfth grade, and so in in essence, it it there is a huge turnover rate already that's going to happen no matter what. And then you take in um, just the commitment of youth and the struggles, and and if they don't get plugged in, if they don't start being discipled, then that six years is very much shorter than that. And so I think um, that's huge to look through some of those things. Um, and so uh, some of my um, out my, my uh, breakout sessions were uh, one of them was Great Commission Revitalization. And uh, I just loved this class. Um, and, and it was taught by Mark Hollick. And uh, he was talking about um, the Great Commission in the lens of, of a church instead of just an individual Christian. And when he was talking, uh, he was talking about how, how authority has to be Christ. It can't be uh, mine or anyone else's in the church. Like the authority is him and his word. And just a reminder of that. And then he started talking through this revitalization process in the churches. And 
to me, and uh, Roy was in that class as well, it was really reassuring to us um, because really what friendship has been through over these last uh, several years is revitalization. It has been revitalized. Not not saying that it was dead, but but that this revitalization has been occurring, that there's been new life being brought into it. Not by, not because of a new pastor, not because of me, um, simply because the Spirit of God decided to grab a hold of these people in Blackfoot, Texas and start working in their lives and bring about revitalization. And so uh, it's been very exciting to walk through that and then to see the fruit he was talking about what's the fruit of a revitalized church and he said unity and joy and passion and and uh, and we just started thinking you know um praise god that, that we can say um, um we're seeing some of that fruit however on the other side of that there were some challenging things convicting things as well too and, and one of those challenging things he was talking about is just the fact of of equipping your people um, in that revitalization process too. And, and one of the things he said is, is if you shoot for that middle ground, the, the Christians that are just um, want their coffee and they're happy, he said, then you're not going to get the hardcore believers that are sold out. And you're also not going to get the non-believers, the ones that are really questioning things because they're going to see through it. And he says, so we can't shoot for that middle ground in this entertainment. We've got to really get into the word of God, really get into what that looks like, how we walk through that, how we obey that, how we um, um, are just obedient to Christ. And then we see uh, him work through that. Um, one of the other things he talked about that stood out to me was the neighborhood mapping and the fact of, of these small, simple steps. And uh, church, stay tuned because you're going to get some of this. Uh, it's too good to, to let it um, just rest at this conference. It's going to be brought back, and we're really excited about bringing some of this back to y'all. But we're going to look at this um, Bless Every Home, and uh, this is a ministry a tool that we're going to look at to, to help us get in engaged with our community there in Blackfoot and it's it's royal proof it works in the rural and that's the thing that I've always struggled with is what do we do out here in the middle of nowhere and um, because the whole door-to-door thing don't really work uh, like it does in the city and so what can we do out here anyways I was really encouraged by that and uh, so that was a good t- um, breakout another breakout was just sharing your faith and what that looks like and uh, just um, even down to your budget and what percentage of your budget is going toward the inside of the church, the community, um, beyond the community, and then the world. And uh, um, that was encouraging and convicting at the same time, too. So we learned a lot in those uh, um, breakout sessions. And uh, there's um, several other people here with us that are in their rooms getting some sleep while we're crazy enough to be recording this podcast. <laughs> uh, but but here we are. We wanted to just share with you. And so um, not only did we have those breakout sessions, though, before we even had that, we had a, a missions lunch. And I want to make sure that we share a little bit about that, too, um, he was talking about church planning, and uh, there were some awesome things that God is doing in the SBTC. That's our convention with the state and what he's doing with Sin Network and how they're merging together. And uh, those words and, and titles may sound confusing to you, but here's what I want you to know. Now, more than ever, should we be praying for God to bring up church planners and that through Friendship Baptist Church, we might send out church planners, partner with church planners, pray for church planners, and see church planning happen um, through uh, uh, the resources of friendship and uh, what that looks like. And so um, we all got to go to that earlier today, and that was a blessing. But then we had tonight, man. Uh, what stood out to you about tonight as far as uh, what was your – were you expecting what we got tonight? No, it hit me right in the field. <laughs> There was a father and son up speaking first, preacher and his son, who was led to follow in his dad's footsteps as a preacher. Mm-hmm. He has a friend from school who was also a preacher's kid who was not 100% sure he was going to heaven. He struggled with all these different things, and I 
can relate to that with some of the stuff going on in my life. Mm-hmm. So that got me thinking more and more about how I need to reach out with my parents and yeah. clear the air with them. Yeah, I can't harbor grudges and anything like that if I want to be able to actually lead. Yeah, But then the last leader of the worship tonight was JP and he focused more on worshiping to this newest generation. Yeah, I call them the Gen Z, the next generation. And that's um, used to be the millennials. And so our church friendship probably thinks of the young people's millennials, but the millennials have done gotten old. <laughs> now yeah. it's the Gen Z. The millennials <laughs> was me and Clayton. We ain't, we ain't the new generation now. So he said, we are to call this new generation to be more than what they are, bigger than themselves. Yeah. We're to look for missionaries and preachers in them. Yeah. Disciple them. That way they can go out and disciple. Yeah. We have to start with grace through the gospel. He asked a couple of really good questions that I ended up writing down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he said, show grace. He said, that's the first step. We live in, in a society where we don't show grace. Just show grace. And then uh, he talked about raising the bar and uh, making sure that we uh, don't um, apologize for the gospel. We don't uh, step back from the gospel, that the gospel is that, and it, it is what it is, and we love it. And, um, and we've given our life to that. He said, show them that it's worth it. Yeah. Mm. You have to tell them this new generation doesn't really know all that much. So, I mean, they don't know. So we as the older generations now have to show the younger generation what it is to live in Christ by example. Right. We can't just talk at them and say, hey, this is what you're doing. This is how you need to fix it. We have to lead by example. Right. Yeah, and uh, um, Caleb, uh, I can't think of his last name either, but he was one of the other speakers tonight. And so we had the father, son, the Caleb, and then JP. Caleb uh, Turner, I think, and uh, he... um, he gave a, a phenomenal message as well with the, the the scripture there where it talks about the fig tree that should have had figs, should have had fruit, um, but was not, and Jesus cursed it. And uh, that was pretty convicting too. He said, um, how do we expect um, to reach the lost, which there are 19 million lost people out of the 30 million people in Texas. And that means that uh, the are the, 29 million, 30 million in Texas. And that means only a third of them claim to be followers of Christ. We don't even know if they, they're true born-again believers. But at least two-thirds of them claim that they don't know Christ. They don't follow Christ. Lost. And and I want that number to, to strike you because he says, how can we reach that, that number, 19 million people that are lost and dying and going to hell, if all of our churches are just facades, of, of fruit and, and fruitfulness, but in reality, there are no figs. We're just there um, with the, the, the music and the lights and the, and, and the talking, and um, we do our thing on Sundays and play church, and then we go back to, the, to our lives. And uh, I don't know, did that hit you the way? Yeah. We, we've heard a lot of statistics today. For every one church in the nation, there is 15,000 Hispanics who don't, for that one church, Mm -hmm. for the African-American culture, it's one for every uh, 46,000. 
Oh, as yeah, I think you had them backwards. I think one of forty six thousand Hispanics. So there's one yeah, church for forty six thousand Hispanics, and for an African American, there's one church for every fifteen thousand of them. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, the, that was another one of them statistics of of man. Um, uh, we have a responsibility, yeah. and uh, um, and so I mean, so much stuff has has uh, occurred um, today with with just sharing so much knowledge and and the Spirit convicting our hearts. Um, let me ask you this, Robert. Uh, outside of knowledge, we've got a lot of knowledge today, but but what are you going to take back to friendship with you when we get back to our church? Um, what are you going to take back with you? Well, especially these questions that JP asked tonight, that, that's been on my mind ever since he brought it up. Because how many of our youth actually can say for certain they're going to heaven? Mm-hmm. And how many of them can say that it wasn't just their works mm-hmm. that is why they should be in, allowed in heaven? Because yeah. works won't get us there. Right. So I've got to start showing them that it's not just about works. Mm-hmm. I've got to... I have plan on having a little mini devotion with them, but mm-hmm. more when the middle school bus runs. Mm-hmm. That way, because that's what I want to focus on right now is the middle school kids, because they get left out sometimes. Because mm-hmm. it's more focused on the high school kids, so that they get the point. But we still have to focus on the middle school kids mm-hmm. too. So I mean, it, even if I do a five ten minute devotion with them over what I've learned just mm-hmm. over the last day, can't yeah. wait for tomorrow. Yeah, I need my steel toe boots back. <laughs> yes, and uh, and so I yes, I love it. I love um, what this conference does, and I, I pray that the Lord would send even more of our people next year with us because um, the word empower is is not just the title of this conference it's it's an action that happens by the spirit of god when you come you feel empowered and uh um it's not that you just feel it you 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 are empowered the acts one uh eight type of empowerment where he says i will give you a power (laughs) and uh and the spirit will fall on you and uh, that's what's happening um it's what's happened today it's what's going to happen tomorrow and it's what's going to happen as we come back um to blackfoot and the surrounding communities there that we are going to be empowered and i pray that you um church brothers and sisters um that you would be empowered with us through the spirit of god and um and so as we're going back i I encourage you robert to to go to lance and uh, have a little chat with lance and and share your excitement your encouragement what you learned and and y'all walk through that prayerfully with the youth i'm going to go back with the church as a whole and uh, walk through some of the things that i've learned and and uh, present that and and we're going to prayerfully walk through some of that um roy uh talked about just um how blessed he was and and uh, shane as well and uh, marnie just said she was overwhelmed she said uh today i feel like i can't even hardly process and, and talk about it or i feel like i'm just gonna cry um because she was so overwhelmed and and um th- that is what the spirit of god does he, he overwhelms us with his goodness and uh um pulls us into to a desire to obey him and so i pray that you would join us in those things as well and so um i'm gonna let you start us in prayer and then i'm gonna close us in prayer all right dear heavenly father i just want to thank you for letting us have safe travel up here thank you for everything you are doing through these speakers yes god thank you for letting it actually reflect into us and wanting to change i pray that as i bring it back to the youth they actually understand it and if they don't i pray that they ask questions so we can help them understand i pray that the ukraine situation 
gets resolved before there is absolute chaos to where there's another world war. Lord, I just pray for our country in general and the world. We are in a mess. We need you to uh, fully take over through our leadership in this country. Yes. Lord, um, when we think of the, the state we're in, Lord, and, and uh, um, all generations, God, are feeling a heaviness and a weight through COVID, through the civil unrest, through uh, the um, political atmosphere, through the, the war um, and, and potential wars. And, and God, all of it just brings such a weight of, um, of, of a lack of peace, a lack of joy, a lack of security, a lack of hope. But God, the gospel provides the antidote for each one of those. The gospel provides real joy. The gospel provides real peace. The gospel provides a security and anchor for our, our soul, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you help us um, evangelize, witness, Lord, and win the lost, win Texas to you, Lord, in the world, that they would be one to you, Christ, through the work of the Spirit drawing them. And God, through uh, uh, your grace, um, I'm just showering on them, and that they would be saved uh, by grace through faith in Christ alone. We love you, Lord. Thank you for the fruit you've given us today and what you're going to give us tomorrow. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.